0: want me a podcast series taking a light-hearted look at the most relatable intriguing and dysfunctional relationships in film i'm Kat,
1: and i'm rich
2: appreciate everything that you're doing here and whatever you believe in is fine okay your heaven is fine for you molly's mother was an atheist and so am i and i don't want you telling her she's somewhere she isn't okay yes mr singer I'll just continue to tell Molly that her mother's
1: in the bathtub. In this episode, we're making music with 1994's Karina Karina, written and directed by Jesse Nelson. This was Nelson's first film before going on to write and direct I Am Sam in 2002 and also penning the smash Broadway musical adaptation of the film Waitress. Whoopi Goldberg, following on from the huge success of numerous films such as Sister Act and Ghost, for which she won an Oscar, also proved a hugely popular host of the Academy Awards the year this film was released doing it three more times over the course of the following 10 years. Tonight, we're unpicking the bonds that Karina forms with Manny and Molly in this comic romantic drama. And we have a very special guest with us to explore these relationships. Joining us is actress, singer and writer, Deborah Tracy. Welcome, Deb.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for suggesting this film. It's so rich in terms of its relationships. It's perfect for this podcast and we're we're so happy to have you here. Oh my goodness! Well, I, it's, I, I just,
3: as you know, I mean, I, I like yourselves. I love film. I, I'm not a massive rom-com fan, which I realise. I do realise, I do realise the mission statement you've just given of this podcast. But I'm not a massive rom-com fan. However, I, I am moved by really good romantic comedies, and I think Karina Karina fits that category because there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, and and just you know the relationships are just so sort of so complex, and it's uh, and it's it's one of these films that you know it, well. It, it, I just it was a, I thought it was just a TV movie. I didn't actually realise it was on general release until years later, but um, I discovered it on Channel Five one afternoon um, in the late 1990s, and, and I was just engrossed. I, the draw was Whoopi Goldberg and Ray Liotta. Um, massive star and and I love Goodfellas and I love Sister Act and just love um, all of Whoopi's stuff but kind of watch this this you know what was unfolding to be like a really sort of gentle uncharitably you'd just be like oh this is a tv movie it's kind of going to be pretty inoffensive but it was just something that was very very warm and it's sometimes you get those films that are like an old friend do you know what I mean you know you 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 kind of meet the characters and as they unfold, you're like, oh, I know them. Even though you've never, you don't know the story, you don't know who there's something very familiar about it. And I still yeah. consider all the characters of Karina Karina friends. And you know, they have their own inner world. And and the children are really sweet and not schmaltzy and not annoying. Um, because sometimes kids in films can be annoying, can't they? Um <laughs> Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean, supposed, to be cute. Like, it's supposed to be cute, sassy kids, but you're just like, oh, they're just really irritating. But <laughs> all the kids are just are just absolutely just adorable. They are just adorable and very sweet. But yeah, Karina yeah, Crit is just, it's, it's a rom-com for cynical old cold hearts like mine. It, it's, it, it's kind of, if you're a tired of the world, you're a little bit kind of, yeah what's all this it will warm your heart yeah and I don't know maybe I mean maybe it says something about me because it starts with a funeral so maybe that's <laughs> that's what I, that says a lot about yeah. my others but yeah the fact that it just kind of it just opens with a funeral I mean how often does that happen in a romantic comedy and and that awkwardness at funerals what well, that diff, the different layers of grief because obviously you've got um the widower Manny uh, and Molly, and they're obviously devastated because, um, you know, their, their mum, their wife has died. But then you also get people who are just kind of like they're there at the funeral, They kind of know the family, and uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, did you try? Did you try the dip? Did you? Do you? Do you, you like the <laughs> buffet? Oh yeah, I ate every. And and that kind of slight awkwardness because obviously you go through degrees. That there's people who are who play different roles in a life. And there's the kind of that dark comicness of some, obviously you've got people who are devastated then you get people who are like, oh yeah, you know, oh, oh gosh, you know, she, she was all like, oh yes, i terribly sorry. And that awkwardness with it. And I, and, I, and I think that's just done really well as well. Did you try that apricot bun cake? Are you kidding? The only thing I haven't eaten is the tablecloth.
0: Poor kid, thank goodness she's so young. Well, if she's lucky, she won't remember.
2: Oh, don't tell me I lost Harry. Munchka. What are you doing, my darling?
4: (laughs) Oh,
1: Molly.
3: Oh. I think there is a universality in that, isn't there? When you live in a place but your your grandparents aren't from that place. So they're kind of they've assimilated somewhat, but they are that little sort of island of the the old country the mothership Um, yes and that becomes really apparent at times like weddings funerals any any sort of family gathering it becomes really it it sort of draws everybody back so we kind of all disperse and we go off and live our different lives but there's something about your you know your ethnic grandparents that literally just brings you back grounds you to to who you are and where you are and I, I think that's really lovely
0: yeah, the, the scenes with her and her uh, her sister and her sister's kids as well oh, um as something because yeah. I, I'm an I'm an aunt and I've got two nephews and there's something yeah. about like like little Percy in particular, you know, has oh has my these, god Percy <laughs> such oh. a little scamp and oh, it really captures adore- like, the I t- family happy, dinner table.
3: I, I quite happily sit and just watch a film of Percy. I, I like it's the it. film. That that the director didn't give him any direction at all. Just literally, just said to this kid, just sit there and just be yourself. Because he's in his own little world, isn't it? He and really is. He's he seems to Honestly, but he's a master. Yeah. He steals every scene that he's in. Honestly, his. Yeah, does. does. He just, you know, I mean, he's having this telephone conversation. I want to know who he's on the imaginary phone to. He's just <laughs> absolutely adorable. <laughs> yeah. um, he's so great. It's just families. I think this this film just resonates with anyone who's ever had a family or friends or yeah. <laughs> people that they care. And um, sort of the, obviously the, the the key relationship, um, the kind of the, the big sellable is is the relationship between Karina and Manny, the widowed Manny. And because it's set in the nineteen fifties, now it's it, it's a nineteen it's a nineteen nineties version of the nineteen fifties. You know, it's it's quite yes. It, Sanitised. It's quite um aesthetically pleasing. It's not a gritty uh, reflection of what the nineteen 19th... yeah, because I mean Manny himself is quite progressive. He's very much a nineteen nineties kind of guy, isn't he? I mean that's the thing. I, I know it would make it a very different film if they made it more realistic. Because I mean they do obviously they do address you know themes of racism and and kind of the prejudice they have as a Interracial couple, um but obviously yeah. they can't really address it in a way that would have been sort of true to the time. Because for a start, the film wouldn't have been a PG. Probably it would have been yes, quite. It would have been a really, really hard watch, and that's probably not the story they were looking to tell at that time. And I know that crit at the time, you know, one of the reasons why it probably wasn't a, a big commercial success is because critics sort of thought they they skirted around the issue a bit. But I. Again, I, I I think that's maybe it might have been a harsh assumption because I think, you know, it, 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 I think it's great that they, they that they attempted to address, um, you know, sort of the issues around dating someone who's a different ethnicity to you or just dating someone who's different to you, you know, so I think there's lots of parallels uh for for lots of people you know people know that if you're in a relationship you're not just in a relationship with the other person you're in a relationship with all of their baggage and their family and their friends and yeah completely and all the rest of it but I I think they address it in a really I think they they, I, I think it was it was done in a really sensitive and quite a beautiful
0: lovely way and I, and it's woven like those little details are woven through the storyline yeah, in a very particular way but yeah and I think we underestimate just kind of
3: how homogenous Hollywood was even right up until the mid-1990s I mean they they, yeah. they like big film studios would not they they probably would have really been a bit nervous about having an interracial couple and it's probably it only could have been two big stars like Ray Liotta and Whoopi Goldberg who could have sold that um, because they've, they've yeah. I mean it seems unbelievable to us now that you know you know people would bulk at the idea of oh my goodness you know you've got two people who are have different skin colours in a relationship but that that is how it was you know people are only just getting used to that idea so I, th- I think it, w- it was done <laughs> really well.
1: Um, it, it was done a lot better than, was it the year before? And Whoopi Goldberg did a film with Ted oh, Danson.
3: Ted that, oh, that was, oh gosh.
1: It's a very different oh, circumstance. I've I, I mean, actually a,
3: wiped that from my mind. Is that oh the God, sperm donor one?
1: Like, Made in America or something like that? Made in
3: America, yes. Yeah. She has a biracial daughter.
1: And, and, and Will the Smith. Dad,
3: I think. Yeah, but she, yeah, yeah. The, the sperm donor is this really raucous. Oh gosh, yeah. There, there was but no then,
1: nuance it, there, was
3: there? It, no, there wasn't. It was a bit of a sledgehammer, and, I, and it was yeah, it was a bit. Uh, yeah, I think I probably saw it once and then kind of blotted mm. it from my memory. Thanks for reminding me that. I may. Right. I don't know. I, I feel a bit scared to have a rewatch of that. I might. I might do
1: that. <laughs> Probably but, not yeah, aged as well was, as this one.
3: That was very much a sledgehammer. And again, um, you know, and real credit to Whoopi Goldberg. I don't think anyone else could have actually got that film made. It's because she was such a huge star um, that people would be like, oh, I'll go and watch a Whoopi Goldberg movie. Um, I think yeah. if they made, made it with, with someone who was less of a star. Sadly, you know, it, it, we live in a time where people do, you know, people get triggered by seeing people of different races or different sexualities different genders different backgrounds have romances I think it resonates with me not just because um, I have been in interracial relationships myself so I don't think it's just that I think anyone who's had a relationship where if it was just the two of you it would be perfect if you're on a desert island together you're literally you'd literally be like this is my person and they're perfect for me I think it's just. Anyone who's had a relationship where you're like, do you know what, this this really isn't working. Because I do have a family, I have friends, I have a life, and it just really isn't, you know, that that's what causes the the tension, and that's what causes the friction, you know, and any issues in the relationship are, 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 it's 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 people's reaction to the relationship.
1: Yeah. Um, and I guess as well when in, in this film you've got a child. And, and yeah. it, it makes it easier to kind of see it through her eyes. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Molly, played by Tina Majorino, is yeah. just, again, just absolutely, I think she's just delightful and just so likable. And you just want to give her a big hug. I mean, you know, extraordinary bit of screen acting there on her part. But yeah, it, it's seen through her eyes. I mean, again, when you, the first time Molly sees Karina get off the bus, I do think that is a brilliant movie entrance. I I literally. Oh, it's amazing! Like, <laughs> like in my daily life, I, I I I would aspire to be that cool, getting off a bus. I mean, yeah. So Karina stepping off the bus, just looking absolutely slick, full of style, full of flavor. I mean, it, it's fantastic. I think I think that's lovely. And and again, it's yeah. it's lovely moments. You know, you kind of you can have these lovely serious moments that are quite heartbreaking but you don't become maudlin and you don't think oh this is such a hard watch it's because you've got these lovely little bursts of joy and humor which is just it's just kind
0: of life really isn't it um, yeah completely and her, her entrance comes at this moment as well where sometimes this this comes up in in um, romantic comedies this is is the idea montage. Of the, yes. the, yeah yeah the really maybe well the newly single part. guy <laughs> And
3: so, um, the, god, the, the way the nannies are all yes, oh, yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, oh my gosh, the stepford, the stepford wife nanny, who gets the job, who is just hilarious. I mean, she is she's truly terrifying, isn't she? She's oh my god.
1: <laughs> Joan Cusack stealing the show yet again.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean she really <laughs> is fantastic. Oh absolutely hilarious. But uh yeah, I mean, yes, you can't well, I mean to
0: bed with him, my yeah. Oh <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that's yeah that that's that that is really something. Yeah.
2: What are you doing?
3: I, I'm doing everything a wife
4: does. Shouldn't I be getting everything a wife gets?
1: When do you think this again? Like without sort of hopping around too much, you oh. know, th- this whole thing around hiring someone to look after your kid. I mean, this was. Well, I can't remember, when did Mrs. Doubtfire come out? That was about this time, wasn't it? That was, and you've yeah, got, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. That whole thing, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean,
3: that's a whole genre of movie, isn't it? Maids or, or getting getting hired help. Yeah. But yeah, there was actually a, a real sort of rash of films in the early 90s about, there was Mr. Nanny and stuff. Like, yeah.
1: Oh, there's a classic film.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We haven't done
1: a Hulk Hogan film yet, have yeah, we? Yeah,
3: the cinematic oh. Colossus, that is Mr. <laughs> Nanny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of, of a man being completely a fish out of water in a domestic setting is really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the concept of oh, I'm babysitting. Who are you babysitting? Your own children. You can't babysit your own children. But yeah. again, yeah. It, it was just accepted that if you're a man, you, you're not gonna know the first thing about your own home, looking after your own human being. <laughs> science it's like it's crazy isn't it? <laughs> but, but yeah like very like oh he, he can't look after the hat he doesn't know how to do anything in the house. like literally he, he cannot do anything
0: there definitely well, that, was a moment where in in 90s cinema as you say not just the thing of, of people coming in and, and working in domestic settings yeah. but also like how kids deal with whether it be the death of one of their parents yeah, or maybe yeah. divorce and things like, there was quite yeah. a lot, wasn't there, of stuff about, and even something like Three Men and a Baby at the end yeah. of the 80s. Like the, the idea of parenting being something that uh, people flock to the cinema to watch well, films yeah. about <laughs> good parenting. That, does that happen now? I don't know if it does in I quite the happened, same happened way. That, like, Jordan, when
3: you think about that, that's happened in our lifetimes. That, people sat, that was a hit film. The concept, yeah. Oh my goodness, look at these big burly men, but yet they can still love a child. I thought that, <laughs> yeah. that was a novelty. That would that sit down for two hours and, and well, that's they,
1: premium yeah. TV now, isn't it? It's, it's normally Pedro Pascal looking after either a child or an alien, yeah. guy guiding them through a wilderness. Except you know, and he has a variety of helpers on the way, doesn't
4: he? So
3: that, could, that could be yeah. the
1: remake of this. This is the Mandalorian
3: oh I've, I've not seen that
1: oh baby yoda yeah okay
3: oh <laughs> yeah well yeah i well that maybe that's that that is where the genre has gone now looking after aliens and I, I i mean yeah i can i i can i can t- certainly appreciate that i mean at least an alien is like an other being as opposed to you know <laughs> your own child
0: like <laughs>
1: yeah. can, can you babysit a 50 year old alien yeah. who knows
0: I mean, another thing about the, this one as well is that it that it talks a little bit about workplace relationships. And there's something about the blurring of the lines. I know. Grief, oh yeah. Yeah. Karina
3: does start staying for dinner and stuff like that. And it and yeah, it's that's a, a, a tough one as well, because, again, I think if you're working in someone's home, it does it does blur that I mean well we've we've all spent I mean over the past three years you know since COVID and remember that was a real challenge when people started working from home and it's like well where where does the line between home and work where 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 do you draw that line because if you're constantly yeah. working and and your home is now sort of merging to work, you know are you going to be responding to emails at silly o'clock you know is that is that expecting and, and I yeah, I, I I thought that was quite interesting because it just happens before she even realizes it's her sister who challenges her on it before I think even she notices that she's spending more and more time with Manny and Molly out yeah. after after work. Because I mean the whole point is that she just comes in, looks after Molly during sort of school hours, uh, and then and then goes home. But yeah. Yeah, workplace relationships, getting your money where you get your honey. I don't know. (laughs) Could we do it? Yeah.
1: Dipping your pen in the company ink.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Karina and Manny's relationship, strangely sexless. And I think Mm. that that probably, Mm. I I do think that's, that's definitely a choice that they've made. Again, it's a family film, obviously. It's a sweet family romance, but. I was looking at back at some of you know the, the the criticisms of the film of the time, and reading between the lines, I just took it to mean that the critics were like, "Well, why didn't they make it a bit sexy? Like, there's no sexual, doesn't seem to be much sexual chemistry between the two leads." But I kind of, I I, I think that was a, it was a wise choice because I think you want to focus on their connection as two people who you know really like each other and may be getting into a romance and let's see how it goes and I think sometimes as well again if you are I think if they are making a film where you know it's it's one of the few films at the time that showed an interracial romance I, I think if you kind of made it sexualize or may it kind of become something else because that's always a challenge as well some of the difficulties that people may have if they're in a interracial relationship where people just assume that, oh, it's just sex or you're fet- someone's fetishizing someone else.
2: They paying you overtime?
3: Javina, it wasn't that kind of
2: night. Ooh, sister child, you need to stop kidding yourself. Now you know these white folks gonna pretend you part of their family so they can work you all out and not pay you for your time. Karina, you working too hard to be giving it away for free. giving what away for free Giovanna.
3: again totally different type of film but i think the relationship between manny and karina um it's not dissimilar to the two leads in broke back mountain or um or gavin and stacy like or or just you know, name a couple who literally they get on famously when it's just them but it's just the effect on everybody else that kind of Causes the friction, yeah It's it's, it's other yeah. people's reaction to them
1: Like Titanic
3: Yes, there, yeah That's another good one as well
1: <laughs> yeah. oh.
3: There was room for both of them on that door
1: There could be a series of these podcasts Where we talk about films of whether it's shame or social yeah. pressures or something if like that. If only
3: they'd move to a desert island. Yeah, literally. <sighs> Call it that. Be, yeah, That'd
1: be the answer for a lot of us, I think.
3: Well, yeah. Or, yeah. or in my case, I'd just be a lighthouse keeper on my own. I'll just do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> I could definitely be a lighthouse keeper.
1: <laughs> One of the concepts that comes out here that we don't often talk about is um, is religion as well and uh, it's not kind of i mean it's not bashed over the head as such but it does come up a couple of times where you've got as well as the racial side you've got the fact that um manny and his wife made a point of being atheists and this was probably quite unusual in the
3: 50s it's very very progressive i mean the 1950s for someone to openly say that they're an atheist Mm. that would have been quite unusual you know um i think yeah yeah I, i mean again you know it so, yeah I do know it was for sort of 1990s audiences but yeah I think yeah and uh, but again it's you're, you're right it's not bashed over the head and again there's there's this kind of lovely sort of coming together it's like well I believe this oh do you well I believe this and it's just kind of this lovely agreement to just kind of come together anyway <laughs> and it's kind of it's not it's not sort of rubbishing the other person's belief it's just kind of accepting that as who they are why can't the world be like that wouldn't that be lovely if we just all did that <laughs> oh I believe this well do you well I, I, I don't believe that I believe this but um you know I respect you and love you as a person wouldn't that be lovely
1: why can't we all just get along
0: yeah why can't we all just get along <laughs> There's that lovely exchange between Manly and Molly where he says something like that, where he says all of that stuff about the angels. It's just stuff that people tell themselves to make themselves feel better. And Molly says, oh, what's wrong with that? And I think that's such a such a
3: touching that, exchange. I mean, you know? Literally, I mean, the, you know, li- people go to theological college for years and literally she she's just come up with it there. Like, you know, well, I, if like all religions, it's all made up by people to make themselves feel better. Well, yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. The end there we go literally she's uh she's she's cracked it <laughs> completely uh, yeah completely. I, I, yeah it, it's it's just uh, yeah I, I just think that it's just lovely and it is just it's a wonderful thing and it's uh and I also like the fact that you know that it not everything is tied up neatly in a bow, and they lived happily ever after i mean you know, it just kind of, the, the, the film just kind of ends, but not in an unsatisfying way. It ends in a way that you're just like, oh gosh, I wonder what happens. So like, I wonder, it, I mean, I don't know if Karina and Manny make it. I like to think that, you know, they would've maybe gone on and got married and things like that, but I, I don't know, there's something in me that thinks maybe, maybe, sometimes you have people in your life to kind of, um, at certain points in your life, to just kind of like pull you out of a bit of a hole or you just kind of, you're stuck in a pothole, you know whether that can be, you know, grief or, you know, change in circumstance. And sometimes you have someone in your life who just kind of, you know, helps you get out of that. Um, and yes, sometimes it doesn't yeah. always—it doesn't always transpose into the future. Um, I like to think so, but uh, you know, I, again, it, part of the beauty of the film—it is just a snapshot. There isn't sort of all these pat answers. Uh, to all the questions i think it's lovely and obviously i'm gra- oh, sorry to do spoilers but granddad dies and it's just like oh, oh, oh the adorable grandpa
0: I have, I have to say i did cry through about um, 2 thirds of this one yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
3: it gets me every time it gets me every time yeah, yeah. it got it got me as well i did i did cry and i don't cry at things i i i don't i don't cry at things but i cried at this and it's just yeah granddad passing but oh my gosh and 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 nana singing this little light of mine with molly
0: oh yeah oh it's too much it's too much i mean it does it does deal with grief in a really interesting way i think this movie yeah the whole thing of her missing school and karina and then and you know all of that's so interesting i think
3: I think so, because I mean, Karina, she does do a really bad thing. I mean, yeah, that that's that's bad. Like, like you don't yeah. make an executive decision to take someone else's kid out of school and potentially get them prosecuted for non-attendance. That's pretty bad. But um, well, she well, didn't take you her out to save 20
1: quid at Butlins, did she? You know, it's... Uh...
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, again, you know, you can kind of see, I mean, somehow it's maybe it's a deus ex machina because again Karina her approach to theology philosophy psychology is straight from the 1990s because all the wonderful things that she says to Molly and I'm like did were people that were people sort of you know that open and that understanding in the 1950s I don't know maybe they were this understand her understanding of grief but it just what it does work it does work in this film I will forgive it because I love the film so much in a film that I had a sort of less sentimental investment in (laughs) then you'd have a fight on your hands but I'm like okay great all right She, she yeah she's uh she's taken this executive decision to pull Molly out of school because she's obviously grieving and obviously didn't have bereavement counseling as standard for children in a 1950 school you know um it was just yeah it was what it was yeah the just the approach to to death as well because um the people around Manny and Molly I mean someone actually says at the funeral oh you know Molly she's she's young enough maybe she won't even remember and it's like yeah she's going to remember her mum for goodness sake but it does make you think that people very naively just thought old children would just blot it out and it's like oh gosh you it's know. like with
1: the, the other character, um, Jenny, when she kind of forces yeah. her way into the relationship oh, and boy. Molly comes out and she comes out wearing the mum's dress. And it's like, oh. this child is not letting you forget that she had a mum.
0: No, mom. no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And the thing of her that... running through because she thinks she's in the bathtub as yeah. well. So, so yeah, So heart-rending. But, but yeah. people do just expect, I mean, you know, all of the neuroses that people
3: gained in the 50s and 60s that was why therapy had that massive boom in the 80s and 90s because it's stuff like because people just expected people to get over it just yeah oh, well, you know, just, you know, just get over it and it's like oh people people oh, gosh. yeah but uh, that so that, is, that is how it was yeah and as a child it wasn't you know kind of you would just kind of expect it if strange behavior was just treated oh no this behavior is strange and it's like no one's thinking, oh, wow, you know, it must be really difficult for a small child to literally to grasp the concept of death, which, you know, you, you're, if you're five or six years old, you've barely got object constancy, never mind the ability to grasp the concept of death and mortality. And then obviously, you, you know, your mum is your favourite person in the world you know and and you're just kind of expected to sort of uh, oh right oh she's gone now and, and just carry on and it's um and that's very you know that I think that 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 is a thread that's that's very very well sewn throughout the film that Kareen is the only person that gives Molly the chance to kind of talk about it I mean the um the scene where they're all punching the Bobo dolls and again it's mm. like Yeah, I don't know. Would, 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 uh, well, Karina, she does have a degree, but would she have been, would she have known that that's a, you know, punching Bobo dolls as as a therapy thing? I don't, I don't know. Maybe
1: stress release, like anger management kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. But I mean, they didn't actually, they only did the study with the Bobo dolls in the 1950s. So she was ahead of her time.
0: And you can really see how the grief is affecting uh, Molly as well. Like even just that, like those those scenes with her being dropped off at school, really um, like affected yeah. I oh thought they goodness. were brilliantly done. And and you know you can see it's not to to her mind it's not as simple as just someone dropping you off at school and thinking about you know she doesn't know if Karina's going to yeah, come the kid's back. You sort of why, yeah, yeah, you know, she's,
3: she's great at being sullen though, isn't she? She would have been like, a <laughs> great Wednesday haven't. <laughs> she, would have, I mean, she would have made a great way to say it. I mean, like,
0: the kid, she, she did sullen so well. Oh, she really did. Rich, <laughs> did you like the sound of those waffles?
1: Oh, God, was it idiot. pecan waffles?
3: Oh, yeah. with extra butter and extra syrup. Or I'd be ta- an oh. tapping my nose for those. Egg white cottage cheese. And, <laughs> and again, you're, really, you're like, kid, just touch your nose because you're going to be having this revolting, but it sounds revolting. California health plate with egg white and cottage cheese. And we all know, like, like British cottage cheese, quite nice. American cottage cheese, like wallpaper paste. We know it's going to oh be gross. All the Or yeah. the pink and waffles. So I'm so glad that was yeah. I that, mean, that you, was quite you I was a hair. But yeah.
1: <laughs> F- food yeah. bribery works.
3: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, every time. Yeah. Mainly on,
1: on me. It
3: works for me. It works for me. I'm like a cat. You know, just feed me. I'm yours. That's it. <laughs> I broadcast this to the world, should I? I don't know. But yeah, just, just, just cheese charcuterie. You know, if anyone wants to send me some cheese or some charcuterie, literally, that is the way to my heart.
1: Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Benny thought that the way to Ray Liotta's heart was uh, guacamole and that kind of really smooth. Yeah. You haven't tasted oh my- mine.
3: Oh, that was that was just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the thirstiest line I've heard in a lot. Just the, her delivery of that. You have tasted it? I thought, you saucy minx. Yeah. Yeah, Jenny, she's a... But, she had a, but again, I, I mean, but I love the fact that Jen, all the characters have these wonderful inner worlds because Jenny is just, she's just picking herself up. Um, again, as, as a lot of the time, as, as women, we, we kind of are just expected to just crack on. And just get on with it and, and just do it she's got yeah. really boisterous sons who are just like literally every seat they're running around causing havoc. <laughs> so she's yeah. raised and she's she's right, okay, what's the expectation you know i'm I'm a young woman like get in there and 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 get a husband because you know, I mean you know it's because again you know back then being widowed is it, slightly different, but if you know it's just the concept of a single parent household was just you know quite alien to a lot of people um and a single woman uh with with children no husband even if she's been widowed the expectation would be that she needs to get herself married as soon as possible because she, she wouldn't even be able to you know buy furniture or buy a house or anything like that without the permission of a husband or have a credit card yeah I mean yeah. my mum that that you, you know um, women weren't allowed to have credit cards or bank accounts of their own without a a husband co-signing it until, was it, you know, like the late 60s, early 70s, which I I found extraordinary. Um, That is
0: extraordinary, yeah. If
1: you allow me my obligatory Mad Men reference, that (laughs) that, that was just after this was set. That was the early 60s and they had the whole concept of the private bank account for men so that because... The, and it was even then, it was quite well referenced. The men dealt with the banking, the money, the oh. women shouldn't even be looking at the bank statements. But now you've got your own bank account to spend away whatever, and she doesn't even need to see any of it. It's magical. Oh,
0: oh right. Yeah, there we go. So you can keep a mistress. Oh, God. Yeah. So mad, men, isn't it? made very clear that if she's going to get together with the guy it's going to be the guy that she wants to get together with she's not just going to yes. get together with someone because she thinks she needs
3: oh gosh, a boyfriend yeah, but,
0: or a partner well, know, that,
3: so. well I think so I think maybe I I, I I think maybe more so than men though I do know men get this as well but you do get pressured people do mm. take it upon themselves, with the best of intentions sometimes but they they take it upon themselves to try and Fix you up with people and 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 they will see as outsiders looking and think well that person will go with that person and, and and it's like oh gosh you know it's not like you're trying to build a bear or something like that you know yeah yeah going, completely. You know, it's not like you know it's not like like lego and you're trying to piece people together it's like literally you have to let people organically come together and it's not always going to be the people that have the best optics or yeah you know in, in the film. If Manny had got with Jenny, um, if Karina got with the guy across the street, both really nice looking people, surely very yep. lovely, but literally their their family and their friends, the expectation would be that they got with these people just because the optics were right, as opposed to them getting with the, with the person who, you know, is the best for their soul and best for
0: their happiness and just, just best for them, you know. Comes in and he says to... Have you had your hair done? She says no, and he says, "I knew it." Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just, just, he's trying, just trying, trying to a find yeah, something in exactly. the He's just, <laughs> he's just jive guy. Yeah. Oh, I and
3: mean, when he quotes the, he quotes the the really cheesy music writing off the back of the album that literally her and Manny oh, said, yes. "Prince." And he, oh, yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like she's not interested. <laughs> oh my gosh! But um, oh, the sister is just. I mean, she is sometimes. I I do have a love hate relationship. With the word um, sassy, but I do think Karina's sister is just a fantastic. I do. I think she's oh, just, she's so great. Oh, she's just great. Oh, she's she's wonderful. She's wonderful, and and she she is just the very no nonsense. I mean, it's it, it's really something. When you can out sass Whoopi Goldberg, but she is she's just she's just tremendous, and again, a wonderful inner world. And and she seems like she's quite harsh with Karina like trying to you know, push her into this relationship with a guy across the street. And, you know, you might just think, oh, well, yeah, why you know, just leave her alone? You know, but again, I think we underestimate kind of kind of how hostile that environment would have been in the 1950s. And I think she knows what's going on and she knows that, you know, if you know, she, I think she's just looking out for a sister and just thinking, right, I, I'm not going to have my sister have her heart broken again. You know the husband's
0: already gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's a very convincing relationship between the sisters. I, love, I think. Yeah, I think exactly. the way they talk to each other is very oh, yeah, frank, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know that that is that is the way my, my sisters speak to me. Definitely,
0: definitely. They're just yeah, same here. Just,
3: yeah. It's tough, tough love. But um, yeah. It's just yeah. I'd love to. Yeah, Karina's husband who went out for a pack of cigarettes and never came back.
4: In choir practice today, Carl Johnson laughed at me when I was singing. Said I had a double chin, said I looked fat. You ain't fat, you're beautiful. Now, baby, go a little bit easier on that potato salad, all right? Ding, wait, wait, ding. wait, wait. Hello?
2: Uh, I don't know, Percy, is Percy here?
4: Yeah, right here.
2: Oh, oh, yes, hold on, please. Na-na. It's for you.
4: Na-na. Oh, yeah, my lovely.
3: I
2: will twitch around you. Sit down. I a... Sit down. I know you're on the phone, but I want you to sit down when you're on the phone.
3: The little chubby girl whose whose dad was like, "Go easy on the mashed potato." That was me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm calling. That was me.
0: Literally, yeah, I related to that quite strongly. I must yeah, say. Yeah, you're not yeah. fat.
3: You're beautiful. Go easy on the potatoes, there, baby. Yeah, just <laughs> literally that that could have been that could have been my formative years. I mean, was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is just a, a beautiful, warm hug, and I just I just adore it.
0: Yeah, it's very good. What do we think of the chemistry between uh, Manny and Karina? Then,
3: well, mm, I mean, I, 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 again, critics have said that it's not. I, I I beg to differ I think I think it's very real it's very organic I think I like I, I don't know I couldn't actually sort of find anything about sort of the production and making it, it's clear that Ray Liotta and Whoopi Goldberg really gel as people because I think I think you, you know you can you can tell when people have a real warmth and genuine and they work really well together um and yeah. they're just yeah, not particularly a romantic and lovey-dovey couple, but something very real, and something very real and very fiery, and you know, and you get these couples who, like, you know, they're they're probably always arguing, but it's not me against you; it's me and you against the problem, and that's the difference. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I like I like the way they can, like, they both have the same favourite song, I think, don't they? But they like different versions of it. Yeah. And I quite like that as this yeah. thing of having common ground, but not necessarily being, like, the exact mirror of each other, you know? And, that, and that's sort of quite nice. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, there's a little li- bit of a frisson there, isn't there, Yeah. In that way?
3: And, and yeah. they both yeah. seem like they'd be quite curmudgeonly and sort of, you know, like, <laughs> in their own ways. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah so Yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, because I, I think it would have been really easy to sort of, you know, have like, oh, you know, he's like, usually he's a curmudgeon and a bit of a grump, and she's really all sweetness and light, and she, you know, she brings about But the pair of them, <laughs> both of them, can be a bit, you know, just a bit kind of grumpy and in their own ways with each other. And but it again, it's just very, very heartwarming. Um, that worked. That
1: worked well in the the scene where they were watching the the quiz show.
3: Yeah, oh my goodness, yeah. What, what Queen for a Day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause it was like the bit in um it was like that scene in Groundhog Day where he knows all the answers because he's seen it so many times that they like, well I've won half a billion dollars on this. A like, oh, okay. <laughs> L- little bit of needle and there's Molly sat in the middle just going, I love all of this.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. like Molly, yeah, Molly, like her, her obvious delight at the two of them just like just getting along famously. I think it is just wonderful.
0: Yeah. So yeah, he says, "Listen to your mother," doesn't he?
3: Mm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, now that see, I, I, oh gosh, that's
0: a little bit clunky. I mean, that's. They, yeah, they, that's she really, doesn't. That's is, is it interesting that she doesn't sort of react to that, or do you think that Karina just doesn't hear him? Because it's only Molly that I, seems I, to block I, it. Oh, I don't know.
3: I, th- I think maybe Karina just didn't hear him. I like to think, yeah, that. he didn't hear. Because I think if she'd heard him, I think she probably would have addressed it and, and it and again it's like I know it's like it's just a light fluffy romantic comedy drama but it's like that's not really very healthy like you know, if, like, you know yeah yeah, yeah completely. for a therapist you'd be like right okay yeah there's a lot to unpack here that's not quite what we're yes. going for here yeah it's a yeah that that particular moment is a little bit like oh gosh no oh yeah so and one thing I would have liked to see, though, because you don't, because it is through Molly's eyes. And I do know that kind of, again, it would make it a very different film. But I would have loved to have seen sort of more of Manny's journey in terms of how he deals with the grief. Because, I mean, he obviously grieves and he says how much he misses his wife but he does do it in a very sort of stiff upper lip 1950s way because he kind of gets straight back to it and gets back on the horse and gets back to work and wins these big ad campaigns and things like that. So I don't know, I maybe would have liked, you know, maybe just a scene of it. Just It doesn't even have to be like a full scene, but just like a little snippet, just to show part of his, a bit more of his
0: inner world. Um, yeah. Because That's why that scene when he smashes the bars, I think is quite good yeah, it's yeah, sort of yeah. building up to a moment where you know it's
3: going to I mean that scene with Jenny at the end I think is great because it's it's just a masterclass of what's not being said yeah this it, 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 it's him saying look Jenny this really isn't going to happen between you and she and she she reads between the lines and it's and it's probably her being her most sensitive because she's been like a bull in a china shop the whole time hasn't she really just kind of really striving to make this work and you can see that, yeah, she's been really trying so hard, but you just sort of see her
0: resignation and she's just like, right, okay. Did you like what's going on with Manny and his jingle writing?
1: <laughs> yeah, you did kind of think that was the next stage that we we didn't see the creative side going on a little yeah. bit. And it was nice to have some kind of real brand stuff there, you know, the whole Mr. Potato Head thing and everything. But uh,
3: Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. thought the journal song was very, very good. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. surprised Jello didn't do a. T- did they do a tie-in? They should have. Who said you shouldn't have instant pudding with J E L It's really good. good
1: there's trick. always room for Jello.
0: There is. There is. So <laughs> I thought it was rather good. Um, I think yeah, we should I end like... this pod with with Deb singing a song. I must say, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to hear more.
1: <laughs> That's the I trailers. I mean?
3: If they do Karina, Karina the musical, I'll be all over that. Come on, you know, can someone make that happen? I would love that.
1: I mean, one thing yeah. I enjoyed was kind of, and again, I, I tend to do this with films and take the the actors and put them into their other films. We think this was only, what, four years after Goodfellas. And <laughs> the, the, the yeah. where, where Manny and, and Molly lived was very similar to the area where, Henry Hill's girlfriend, Lorraine Bracco, living good for them. You know that scene where he goes on and battles oh, that no, fella with the, like, with the race. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It was the, like
1: that. He, he was the <laughs> opposite.
3: <laughs> oh, that's a great tie-in. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. What, what a film! We should do that film Monday, Kat. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: You've
3: ruined Karina, Karina for me now, So I'll be thinking of that scene. Literally yeah, because just, right just off, out of shot, been caving some dude's face in. <laughs> in the driveway of that
0: street <laughs> oh. it makes him quite such a kind of interesting romantic lead because obviously he's, oh, yeah. he's very conventionally handsome, but he's also got a sort of
3: well, you know, yeah. kind he of
0: plays yeah. quite,
3: yeah, and I, and again, piercing I think, look, that, yeah. yeah, he does have that, he has a very piercing look, but again, I think like in Goodfellas and actually in, in you know, in other things I've seen Ray, Ray, Ray Liotta in, where he's playing sort of darker characters. Um, he does have this lovely sort of affable, slight puppy dog look about him as well. So it's this piercing look, very conventionally handsome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so even in Goodfellas, there's the, 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 I think the, the strength of his performance as Henry Hill is because he's just so likeable and he's got the eyes and that and that kind of that boyish charm. So
0: yeah. I mean Yeah, so I in think, this one you can see why all the women are trying to kind of nurture him. because yeah, he has yeah, that quality that you're describing. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. But but not
3: but he's not a conventional romantic lead because again, that wouldn't I don't think that would have quite worked if you know, if you'd had like, you know, I suppose who was like a romantic romantic lead, probably like if you'd had like a say a Rob Lowe or someone like that yeah I don't think yeah or you know like a well no Brad was a bit young then but yeah someone like that I don't think that would have that I don't think that would have quite worked I think Ray Liotta has enough kind of yeah it's he has that sort of boyish charm and he's got the you know he has got the conventional handsome look but also there's yeah it, 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 it I really buy the sort of sadness that's there yeah so I, th- I think it, it was great casting he's playing this grieving widower and yeah he's not really yeah that's sort of the still waters that run really deep
1: <laughs> we um, have talked about that in other episodes though where you kind of think of these bland 90s men yeah um, and Ray Liotta isn't one of them where you compare him to say uh what was the beige guy from my best friend's wedding or um, <laughs>
3: oh, um like Oh, you know, I mean, not to be mean, but Steve Guttenberg, he was, he was quite beige 90s. The guy guy from My Two Dads, what was his name? Judge something. Judge Reinhold?
1: Judge Reinhold. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Bland 90s guys. Yeah. (laughs) It It wouldn't have worked if he was like a quirky 90s guy, so... You couldn't have had like a Rick Moranis because it, then it would have made it kind of a bit of a joke. Yeah. yeah. Really plus,
1: his like, wife actually died, didn't you?
3: Oh gosh! Oh, oh gosh. I
1: think that was why he stopped. Acting. Was oh he <laughs> did,
3: didn't he? Of course. Yeah, really. Oh gosh! Well, oh, oh, I'm, I'm terribly oh. sorry. Yeah. Oh, bless him. <laughs>
1: Bringing it back, I mean, one thing I kind of found, and I was like, maybe amusing is not the right word, but when you look at, um, this was Don Amici's final film. Uh, oh, before God. he died. And you kind of think oh, about all the God. all the great ones that he'd been in and, and even in some... Oh
3: my gosh. Hmm. And again, something very lovely as well when you kind of see these tonal shifts. Mm. Because one of my all-time favorite films is Trading Places. Yeah. And I yeah. love Donomichi because he's this horrible <laughs> billionaire, daft ass racist in it. And then yeah. to sort of see him in this beautiful, gentle film that's kind of, you know, sort of showing uh, you know, interracial relations. And, and he, and he has barely any dialogue in it. He's, he, cause he's deaf. In, in the, the granddad says so he doesn't really communicate, but just everything conveyed through his expression is just, oh, it's just heart melting. And when Molly says, you've got to make sure that daddy marries Karina <laughs> and just, he just looks like, you know, he's just like, Oh, all right. Like he, like she shared yeah. this. And it, it just melts my heart. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just an extraordinary
0: bit of screen acting and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I think it's quite wonderful. Is <laughs> it wrong for Manny to make a move on Karina while he's still employing her?
1: It's a bit uh, me too. Do you get me too? It,
3: well, I don't know. Would it be more ethical to fire her first and then make a move?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did, didn't he?
3: <laughs> Sorry, about to give you your notice, but, uh, <laughs> That said, got good news and bad news. That said, would you like to, uh,
1: <laughs> every cow join
0: me for a drink? Yeah, that's mm. I don't know. No, so that, that is right, isn't it? The fact that he goes, "You're fired," after he finds out about the school that there is something about that scene that's so yeah, uh, it, it really because packs a the punch, and yeah, it's because, because they've already kissed. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and they've gone. They've so yeah. I, I think that
3: that that's that's a real slap in the face because you're fired again it's bringing the relationship back to professionalism that's it okay. um, yes, and they've exactly, already yeah, yeah and they've he says already... stay away doesn't he? Yeah. yeah yeah I mean incredibly painful incredibly yeah. painful I I mean again with you know with all these great scenes of conflict because I absolutely I, I absolutely get where he's coming from because it's she's bang out of order I mean your child is your first priority and Karina she she messed up I mean that is a bad you don't do that um yeah. and obviously again all of his grief and his anger and just everything just being a mess that comes out at that at that moment oh my gosh and my heart just breaks for Molly they're playing dress up but actually oh I'm, I'm, no. that's she's there hanging out the window going, no like you're screaming <laughs> <to Karina. laughs> though I was looking at the she's still in the dress-up clothes and I'm like is that is that the sister's church gloves because those are like expensive white gloves mm. like, and he's just gone with with uh with Molly and she's still wearing the dress-up clothes it's like I would be kicking off if I got home like where's <laughs> my best and where's my church hat and where's my best church gloves and my, well I've oh, yeah. the, the down the street has got them um, oh and we're not allowed to go and see him again oh no oh no. oh dear <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> i bet she had a
0: few choice words to say there <laughs> absolutely i, I really <laughs> like the scene of the two of them in the on the lidos as well in the oh yeah oh yeah really oh, that's so
3: nice. yeah yeah i mean oh gosh cleaning up after rich people's parties karina sort of does quite sort of low status work but she is a graduate which is quite unusual but even you know, her sister's house they're quite affluent. I mean, they've got a TV and they've got things. So it's not... So I suppose that the, the divide between Manny and Karina, it's less and less... It's not so socioeconomic as well. It, it is purely kind of background and ethnicity. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, 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 I'm interested in, i interested. Think, I think maybe that, that's an interesting choice as well, to not make... Because I think also... I mean, she needs a job, but she's not... It's not like she's coming from like, you know, terrible poverty, because I think then the balance of power would be off as well. And I think I don't know, it would make for me, it would make me be less invested in money because you'd think, hang on, there's some kind of exploitation there. I mean, you know, there's a whole, I think, ever since the help, and it's a great film, and uh Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer and the rest of the cast awesome in it but i think after that film it was like kind of can we stop having films where we only have black women playing maids um and and yeah. and not have and not just have latina women playing maids as well yeah i, th- I think i think Karina carina, carina it's done very very well i think if it was made now it'd be like oh no not another film about an african-american maid or you know but yeah i i, yeah. I think it's, again. I think they've done it. I, I think it's done it in a way where the status is not off, you know. And she she gives as good as she gets, and it, and she's not. Yeah, she. It's not kind of someone exploiting someone else, which could have happened in the hands of a less skilled writer and filmmaker so
0: yeah and they, they have a few scenes of him quite effectively trying to mansplain things to her and she's yeah yeah like, yeah this yeah. is a composer called Sati, and she's going i know i know it is gonna you know yeah. i think but you'll I live, find yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, her, she wrote a
3: thesis about
0: him yeah of course yeah but, exactly yeah.
3: but we but we yeah but we yeah we forgive him for it because because again from from the the way it's written and the and again it's it, the scene is so beautifully crafted and beautifully acted that you're just like you find yourself kind of you're in on the joke and you're kind of like oh look. you find yourself patronising Manny because he doesn't realise who he's talking to as opposed to going oh gosh he's being a chauvinist pig because it wasn't seen as chauvinism it was just it was the 1950s isn't that peace peace.
2: You know, when you listen to Bill Evans, it's as though you held up a really beautifully clear crystal in front of a warm light. It's lovely. Who wrote that? I did. You're so inside the music. The way you phrase things, you could write poetry. I do. I did. You know, I'd like to write liner notes, you know, on the backs of the albums. And I want to have my own column in Hi-Hat magazine, listening up with Karina Washington. <laughs> Not that it would, you know, take away my joy and love, but scrubbing wax buildup from linoleum floors. <sighs> Did you ever try? What, scrubbing wax buildup? No, 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 no. Liner notes, poetry. Uh. Basically, they just let us play the music. They don't let us write about it.
3: Yeah, he's got, there's a little something to him. He's not just, you know, just sort of like, you know, a Boy boy Scout blandness.
0: You know, he's... Well, as you say as well, It's it's good when they acknowledge people's hotness in movies yeah. when it comes to men. like in working girl there's that great scene with Harrison ford changing shirts in his office oh, and I, 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 pulls, I, I, I. pulls up the blinds Sorry, and really? all the female colleagues uh, but, I mean,
3: but, when do, but when do we get the female gaze we hardly ever get the female gaze or the female straight <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. uh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: something
1: for the yeah, ladies when, when we
0: did when we did point break i didn't stop talking about the female gaze for about 45 minutes i think so yeah, yeah,
3: but, but, uh, and the
0: reason why we talk about it which and I, I, apologies my lovely but
3: but oh that's me being patronizing my lovely sorry <laughs> <laughs> you there my lovely <laughs> i'm sorry cupcake but, <laughs> but it, it's because you know like it becomes a real novelty when you do have when you when you have that in a film because it's almost like our default setting is to kind of i i find myself watching i i like a lot of action films and i do find myself watching a lot of films that people would would categorize as die films and you do find yourself kind of oh well look there's there's the hot woman in you know, some like denim cutoffs and she's oh, yeah. she's the, the bonnet of a car. That's a real staple, you notice these things. You're like, all right, we're yeah, not here to on.
1: talk about transformers. Come on,
3: yeah, there we go. You know what yeah. I mean. Come on, come on. But yeah, so so when you actually do get something that's actually geared towards you, you kind of get a bit unnecessary about it. I'm sorry, Rich. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. No, I really do need to behave myself. I'm sorry. Come on, your lovely podcast misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> but, calling you but something <laughs>
0: i'm hungry now but, so, uh, <laughs> uh, something you said deb at the top of the episode was um that you weren't that keen necessarily always on rom and no so, in,
3: in the context do, of this and, one and
0: i do realize i was like oh no please don't kick me off the pod now but no. Oh
3: no, no. Well, it's not. No, no,
0: no. You know, we don't. We don't just do rom-com. But I'm in, I am interested in hearing your views on that, though. Like, can you expand on that a little bit? I, I think. Well, it's. It's.
3: I. I. I've thought about this, and it's. I used to think, oh, it's because they're so formulaic. But action film, like any genre, is really formulaic. I mean, you know, if you if you are a, a horror movie aficionado, literally all horror films have the same formula since since the history of cinema so it's not that um i think just <laughs> rom-coms you know they they just can't they can be incredibly homogenous and mm. a bit bland and i think you know i i love a bit of escapism but i just i kind of find that over like romantic escapism can just be really just like, what, are you kidding me? Like, just, I don't know. And I, and I find a, yeah. a lot of them deeply unsexy as well, even when the ones that they're, even if they're supposed to be. And I...
0: Um, oh, that's interesting. That's very Yeah, I find yeah.
3: them deeply... But at the, the moment, it's like, right, you're supposed to find these two... You're supposed to find the, the sexual chemistry between these two people absolutely fascinating. I'm like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm really, no. Like, if, if it's like, here's two people who hate each other then now you're talking like if you if you want yeah to impact, yeah if you want me to unpack the sexual frisson in a in a lethal weapon film then I'll do that yeah that there yeah, let's see what's going on here like I'll just make up a whole subtext but uh maybe I'm being a bit unfair with rom-com because again I get I work in musical theatre a lot and I get really annoyed with people say who come up to me and say with their chest and look me in the eye and say I don't like musicals and it's like well what do you want a cookie like you know literally that's my that's <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I <laughs> so, uh, do you know how irritating it is when someone just rubbishes a whole genre
0: no it's really interesting that you should say that thing about how quite often they're not that sexy because I think we've done a few different different genres on this podcast and yeah. I think that sometimes it is noticeable actually that sometimes something outside the rom-com genre does yeah. go there in a little bit more of an interesting way about yes. a on between two people and um it's a little bit braver with showing the kind of light and shade of that yes. and sometimes with rom-coms they can I think they can be a little bit too sort of stay in their comfort zone in terms well, of that a yeah. Bit
3: too much. Yeah. yeah and uh yeah and and I mean I, t- I totally get it and I know that a lot of people really love that and I know every Christmas on ITV2 they put Love Actually on and People love it. I think that is my patient zero that I I remember watching that for the first time about, you know, 13, 14 years ago and actually like being, (laughs) being triggered by, I was like, this is dreadful. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know a lot of people really love that film and they ride or die for that film. But I was just like, this is like, really people, (laughs) people, Sorry, no, I'll never work again. now. Literally, Richard Curtis. Will <laughs> Who is that? She's blacklisted, but uh, yeah, I, I think that that I was just like, this, this is, this is, this is not great. But I just hated it.
1: We could recommend a very good podcast about it.
3: Really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's kind of terrible that Love Actually now has become one of the chief. Representatives of the rom-com genre, because uh, something like uh, yeah. Moonstruck, for instance, is—I think well, it, Moonstruck is fantastic—but well, yeah. I do not think that Love Actually is fantastic. True.
3: Well, may, yeah. maybe that's. Do you know what? Maybe, maybe I am kind of. Maybe I'm focusing on the wrong thing because Moonstruck is a great film, actually.
0: What would you say some of the key components of Karina Karina? Then that, in terms of how it sets itself apart from the average rom-com in that way if one classes it as rom-com maybe one yeah person.
3: I think I think um from the
0: get-go the key the the,
3: the key romance uh has a bit of frission and it has it has you know there, there's there's something a bit more to it than just oh wow like you know let's look at each other oh will they won't they it's just kind of there's actual kind of higher stakes And I think um, there's a rich inner world as well, you know, and also not, you know, not being afraid to show, you know, people have sorrows, people have neuroses, people are not always at their best. People can be jerks, but they also need to be loved as well. I mean, everyone does look really good in the in the film as well. So I mean, I know it's not like every, everyone's, you know, coffeeed and, and looks really nice. And again, I, I totally get it. We do, we do kind of want people to, to look at people who look really nice. But it's not done in a way that it's kind of so beyond the realms of believability, which I think sometimes in in you know the more glossy rom-coms, it's like, oh gosh, everyone's like so impossibly good looking and impossibly flawless and it's all you know like the notebook yeah. I know well, people not not so much a romantic comedy but it is a romance but it's so glossy and it's so it's like oh, yeah yeah so it doesn't really yeah. do for me and I, I think with Karina Karina there's something very real and very grounded and it's got real heart yeah and you and you just kind of you can believe it and the people in it, you can really connect and you care about them. Whereas sometimes in a rom-com, it's just kind of oh, I kind of get this 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 archetype, uh, oh, that yeah, I know that, ca- that character, that character, that character. Whereas in Karina Karina, you're like, that person, that person, that person. Oh,
2: every time it rains, it rains from heaven Don't you know each cloud could
0: is from heaven. You find your fortune over. Oh, it's so it's so lovely to to have you on the pod. It's it's been wonderful.
3: Oh, this is like this is, it, honestly I've had such a good time guys. Honestly. Thank you, thank you, thank you for asking me. Like I've been re- been looking forward to it all day. And uh yeah it's, I'm just it's brilliant. I mean I, I, I just love talking about films and I I love the pod as well. You guys are just so cool. And just yeah. Um thank you for having me. I feel I feel it's given me a real give me a real buzz to be part of it. I've heard you oh, know, I've listened to you guys so much. And it's really nice to be part of the conversation. So thanks for having me.
0: Oh, well, congratulations on the massive success of *Standing at the Sky's Edge*. Winner Thank of Best New at the Olivier Awards. I know. Oh my so, goodness! I
3: oh, no. oh, it's extraordinary. I, I'm just. Oh, um, myself and the rest of the cast and the crew and every. We're, we're just over the moon. I mean, it's it is it's in a really extraordinary. And actually, you know, if uh, well, if they make a film of *Standing at the Sky's Edge*, you have to do. A three-part pod on that because there are so oh, many nothing. brilliant romances in that. I mean, just
0: yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's so there's so many dysfunctional romances. You you'd just be you'd be there all day. It's spring but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a it's it's a great show. So Deb, where can people find you? Right, please follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, and also I will be coming to a theatre near you i will i'll tell you about that shortly but uh do follow my socials and i'll be able to uh, and you'll be in you'll be filled in as to what i'm doing that sounds incredibly cryptic but you know I, i'll get into trouble if i say it too soon so yeah
0: you know you understood know. <laughs> absolutely absolutely mm, you go
4: to my head. And you linger like a and refrain. And I find you spinning round in my brain.
0: Well, as we run for the ice cream van and attempt to spell out vacuum, we leave you with a reminder that whatever the cause, it's okay to be mad. I've been Kat. I've been Rich. And I've been Deb. And this has been Don't You Want Me.
3: Like a sip
4: of sparkling Burgundy brew And I find The very mention of you Like a kicker And a Bird too Oh, the thrill of the thought That you might give a thought To my plea Cast a spell Over me Still I said to myself Get a hold of yourself Can't you see that it never